0: A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance, United Healthcare Tri-Term medical plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh one dot com. That's the second time it's
3: gone Never go home. They never go home. They never go home. Those, those, those
1: That's... Yeah. <laughs> they have asked for that, really. Oh, you can laugh. I want to walk up.
3: I'm a little bit of an idealist. But having said that, I want to be like
1: me. You so, don't know what you're talking about. What well, yeah. did you want? I'd like to stay alive for oh, six I do, okay. I'd say it to you if I'd not say well, it to you now. Mean, I'm, I'm down to and we'll see them. Me. What you doing down here, yes, you shawnee man? <laughs>
2: I'll tell you one thing, Vince Vaughn and Owen Wilson have a hell of a lot to answer for. Hello and welcome to the Irish Times Second Captain's football podcast with Owen, Murph and Ken. Hi guys. How you doing, Owen? Hey, Owen. Before the release of the movie Wedding Crashers in 2005, society would have deemed it unacceptable to just jump (laughs) in on the biggest day of a stranger's life in order to avail yourself of free booze and food and good vibes. Yeah. I can't help but think if Vaughn and Wilson hadn't legitimized the process Mm. more than a decade ago, Wayne Rooney would have been tucked up in bed by midnight on Saturday night, admittedly still a little bit sloshed. I mean, there would have been drunkenness, there's no doubt about that. But instead, he celebrates a random couple's nuptials in the England team hotel, wearing his England training kit, trying to play the piano until (laughs) five in the morning. Damn you, Vince Vaughn, you funny bastard. (sighs) (laughs)
4: Oh, no. Yeah. Um, So
2: That's where my ire is going. I know the the ire of the English media is directed squarely at Wayne Rooney today, but... But I take some of the heat off him.
3: Have we heard from the couple getting married? Have they had anything to say about Wayne Rooney? I mean, to be honest, if Wayne Rooney had crashed at my wedding, I'd have been pretty happy about it. I mean, it's a pretty good story. Yeah. Even as it's happening, it's not the worst thing that happens, really, is it? I mean, no. A lot of many out found of my family.
4: Right. What do they? So what are they uh, saying? What's the what's what, what's hey, what the talk? Been... What's the talk around the water cooler <laughs> in the Murphy household?
3: Uh well no I mean I'm, uh, no I I'm, I'm, I'm more imagining if Wayne really had gatecrashed crashed my wedding. Oh I see. You know they would have been able to hang out with Wayne really. Mm. They would have been able to buy him a pint or a glass of wine and slap him on the back and say Wayne you're all right. <laughs> yeah. And there's nothing wrong with that. I mean I, I I like I on the one hand you're like is it taking away in some way from your own special day? But, I mean, I'd, I'd, I certainly wouldn't feel like that.
4: The problem here is the picture. That's the problem. I mean, it's, you know, he's, he's got the, um, the red wine uh, stained lips, which are, you know, that's, that's just a, it's an occupational hazard. You, you drink a couple of glasses of red wine and, and you look like a maniac. <laughs> that's the, that's the that's the truth, you know. It stains your teeth, stains your. You know, I think I I'm a believer at these social occasions that you should drink white wine I'm, for Ken, that reason.
2: Yeah, you, you might have noticed, Ken. I'm, I'm part of your your club. That's why I try to sit so close to you at these occasions so yeah. that we could share a nice <laughs> bottle or two of white wine. Yeah, <laughs> and only occasionally touch the red. Yeah, yeah
3: bring a toothbrush. I mean, I know plenty of people who do it, Ken. Because you, you're kidding me. Yeah, really, yeah. My own wife, can I say that? Oh, well, it's been <laughs> said.
2: Well, it's too late now, I suppose. I think, we can't edit it right now. No, think, I mean, so. there's no way anything could be edited yeah. after it's <laughs>
4: released. I got you to the podcast. Look, look again, Yeah, lug, lug, <laughs> like God, She sometimes listens
3: to the podcast, on yeah. 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 um, I mean, ju- just, just when she's out of the country. <laughs>
4: I mean, it, the, the question is, you know, whether it's really that big a deal. Uh, it's, You know, on the one hand, come on. You know, like Jurgen Klopp is saying today, Jurgen Klopp... Uh, defends wayne rooney all the legends you admire they drank like devils and smoked like crazy and they <laughs> were still great players uh he does say of course uh nobody really does that anymore i'm pre- but he says i've no idea where wayne was but i'm pretty sure it wasn't that serious um yeah i mean i I, f- I feel a bit sorry for him but it's you know at the same time he is careless you know what i mean we
2: see the it's the location of the event that is most intriguing. It's at the team hotel. It's clearly, he was allowed to have a few drinks. There was staff drinking. There were other players. Mm. So, it's, it's an odd one. When I first saw the photo, I was like, I cannot believe he's going around in his England kit. <laughs> and then I realised, oh, he's actually at the team hotel. So, clearly, he's allowed to go down and have a few. You would have thought at some stage in the evening, you'd think, maybe I'll throw on a shirt yeah. or something just to make this... Look a little bit better for the inevitable photos that are going to end up yeah. uh, in the Sun newspaper. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I must, not, even though I've had quite a few bottles of wine at this point, I must be aware this is going to get out at some stage. So it, it, at first, I was completely, I thought he was a total idiot. Then when I realized, well, oh, actually, he's part, you know, it, it's, he's not going around the middle of Manchester or something in his England kit. I, I, I'm going to give him a couple of marks on the credit column for that. Yeah. But I think overall, pretty stupid.
3: Yeah, I mean, pretty stupid. But you know, you know how it goes. You've had a few drinks. You don't want to break the spell, even if it's only to run up to your room to throw on a shirt. Yeah. But in the lift, you are thinking, oh, I should probably just yeah. go to bed. You now. don't want to let go of that glow. Yeah. Yeah. That I mean, even glow. like the second you walk out of the the circle of people that
4: you are drinking with, that's when the doubt begins. Yeah.
2: Do the FA have a leg to stand on though? If if he was allowed, if they were allowed to go drinking, is there a set time to be finished at? Is there a set? Amount of drink you're allowed to drink.
4: Well, I think that's um, you know if you compare it to the Ireland setup, I think that's kind of how the Ireland setup works. In terms of yeah, okay, you can have a drink, but please don't go too late beyond it let's say two o'clock. You know, let's a reasonable time. Let's a try and time. let's try and uh, knock it on the, the actual
3: head. licensing laws of the country. <laughs> you state that on a
2: weekend if you're if you're in a place.
3: <laughs> I mean, you know, hotel <laughs> no
2: more, for residence bar.
4: Yeah, I think the licensing laws are often sort of distorted. It's like a warp field around the Irish squad. You know, they can be extended if if the if the squad feels that they should be. Oftentimes, wherever they're, they're drinking, we will find a way to to make that happen.
3: I'd like I'd like that to be put into the statute books somewhere. Yeah, there's an exclusion in the case zone. in the case of the Irish football. It's team. a bit like
4: those Kerry footballers down in Glen Bay. <laughs> I always remember that down in Glen Bay. We had a show down there. There was. There was then un, drinking un, after the show. There were
2: unnamed Kerry footballers because unnamed. they might still be a part of the squad.
4: Unnamed yeah. Kerry footballers, and then a policeman came at some point, and the Kerry players were sent outside to send him away. <laughs> <laughs> now, listen, thanks, thanks a lot, thanks for your interest, but we're actually We've certainly fine taken here. on board, so you can maybe you Take can maybe your concerns on board, <laughs> and uh, yeah, so uh, so it's, it's a bit like that, but you know, I guess that England, the England squad have a have a reasonable. Or the English, the FA has a like, realistic approach in that the players are going to do this and we could pretend that they won't. Like, for instance, Trapattoni, when he was the Ireland manager, basically said, you're not allowed to drink. And did that mean they didn't?
2: Well, Gordon Strachan has done that with the Scottish team initial success with that policy has now ebbed away as the players are only
4: gasping for a pint yeah uh, Gordon
2: I mean we can go without the booze for a certain amount of games in your tenure but at some point
4: yeah I mean you know I think maybe you just got to say okay it's it's you're going to do it but please please drink responsibly Mm. that's basically the approach and maybe on this occasion that didn't happen and it's just you know the, the problem for Rooney, if he'd scored a lot of goals this season, if he was if he was looking really fit and strong, you know if he was still in the bracket alongside you know Ronaldo and Zlatan and you know all of Suarez, all these types of players who would clearly who I've never seen in this type of photograph. You know, there's never been one of Cristiano Ronaldo. I've never seen a drunk photograph of a googly-eyed Ronaldo with with red wine mouth, and people kind of will make the connection between, you know, the fact that Rooney does this and the fact that he's not... That's just the reality, you know?
2: We haven't even given you your report on sport backing track yet, Ken. Oh, yeah. So carried away where we were that Rooney. Story. Yeah. Well,
4: we'll talk to John Brewin about that and, um, you know, what what, the, what he thinks the ramifications that are going to be. There was a good... Well, there was a piece on it by Barney Roney in The Guardian. Um, and he, he finishes off with, with an interesting couple of points, actually. He says... In most sports, a performance on the scale of the collective collapse against Iceland would have been the final cut for an ageing captain. You know, obviously Rooney's... What, maybe people expected him to retire or be retired. Um, and yet in the last six months, the idea Rooney could be dropped has been angrily dismissed in the media by ex-colleagues or friends or contemporaries. One usually excellent TV pundit has even suggested Rooney should carry on as England's holding midfielder. Why stop there? Why not goalkeeper? Um, he says... Bernie said, personal loyalties aside, Rooney is a power centre, an industry force in English football. There are commercial and political pressures here. Is Southgate really ready to face them down? To take on Rooney is to take on the Rooney industrial complex, Big Rooney, with all its associated power and PR structures. There's a toxic aspect to this. Rooney has had seven managers for club and country in the last three and a half years. Four have been sacked. All four made him captain. It's not a great record, you know. In recent times, like the, the managers who have really trusted him <laughs> have, have put all you know, having trusted him with all this responsibility, their teams have played badly and they have lost their jobs. And you know, beyond a certain point, I don't know how much longer it can go on.
2: Yeah, but there are come on, is Wayne Rooney getting blamed for David Moyes' loss of his job? He was actually quite good under David Moyes for a
4: period, anyway. Yeah, he wasn't, he was, he was one of the least bad in Exa- that season, which is good <laughs> <laughs> which is better, better than being among the worst yeah sure. one of the
2: least bad is good I think
4: uh, but the other story we're going to do uh, later is to talk to Marcella Mora y Araujo about the Argentina situation it's not just it's in this case it's also substance abuse that's being alleged well alleged in this case whereas in, in England's case it was a uh, player consuming maybe a little bit too much of a perfectly legal if controlled substance um, in Argentina's case, it's the allegation by a journalist that Ezekiel Lavezzi uh, uh, smoked weed after training, which, you know, would be quite irresponsible of Lavezzi, given that uh, he is supposed to be preparing for a game against Colombia, and uh, which they won anyway. Uh, and if he got drug tested, then there could be, you know, a bad situation for him, you know, a ban and so on and so forth. Um, he obviously didn't like this, didn't think it was, he, he insists it's not true, he's, he's now suing the journalist who said it, but the drama was when uh, the Argentinian players came into the press conference after that match, led by Captain Lionel Messi, who took the microphone and informed the assembled press that uh, they weren't going to talk to them anymore. Uh, we're here to let you know we will no longer be communicating with the press, said Lionel Messi. The accusations that were made towards the Vetsy were huge. I don't know if... Lionel Messi is a user of marijuana.
2: I'd be guessing not.
4: He sounds as though he's against the whole idea. He says, We regret that it has to be this way, but we have no other choice. We know many of you don't play that game, but we were accused a lot. No respect was being shown. We never said anything, but this accusation against the Vetsy was it. If we don't stop it today, we'll never stop it. We know that you will continue to criticize us. That's fine. However, some got into our personal lives. We wanted to say this in front of everyone and not release a statement. We didn't want to hide from anyone. These past two weeks were filled with personal aggression, not football criticism. You can criticise us for winning or losing, but when you get personal, we will draw the line. Drops Mike mm-hmm. and walks out. And uh, yeah, it's an interesting situation. It's a pretty cool way of doing it.
2: Yeah. I think, th- I think that is a fair point. Look, we're out here, we're telling you what the story is. We're not just getting our press officer to hand you out a mm. bland statement. So at least it was that. The other point I noticed when you sent me on this video earlier, Ken, was Hardy looking bunch of lads. The Argentinian football. I wouldn't, be, I wouldn't be messing with too many of the Argentinian football team. They're a tough group. Tough group. You got your Zabaletas there. Well, one Zabaleta. You got your Mascaranos. I wonder how Again, many. one, one single mascarano. Mascarano.
4: I wonder how many tattoos we're talking about in total. Quite a heavily tattooed group also. Yes.
3: Oh, come on, Ken. Get with it, will you? What? It's tattoos. Stop talking about tattoos, will you? It's like the obsession of every Irish man above the age of 35.
4: <laughs> tattoos. Cristiano it's Ronaldo, Cristiano Ronaldo, no tattoos. As nope. noted by Alex Ferguson, he would never deface his body, Fergie said, which I thought was a point well made. You know, when you've got something that beautiful, why uh, scrawl on it? You know, with stuff that you're going to be bored looking at in six months' time. I don't know. Anyway. This
3: <laughs> uh, <laughs> youth outreach program, you're well, <laughs> really
4: paying dividends. Yeah, did you? I, we were we were tweeting there yesterday, Kieran, myself, and yourself about our our uh, office listening, mm-hmm. and uh, actually had a couple of people point out it was we were listening to OK Computer, just a couple of guys,
2: couple of old guys, isn't A, a seminal nineties album.
4: Just a couple of white dudes yep. listening <laughs> to uh, OK kickin', Computer, kicking back. And fitter happier comes on. You say oh, that must be this must be the most skipped over track in album history. Mm. And so he tweeted this, and people were getting back loads of responses, including Revolution Number no. Nine was one. Yeah, um, the
2: most skipped over track. Okay, so it's like an album. You see, I again, can you listen to all skip. the time. Again, Ken the young people? They don't listen to the albums well, anymore. Well, this
4: is the right? thing. So, so one guy was like, "What's an album?" W A T, which I thought was was quite funny. Mm-hmm. But then some other people started saying, huh, "Look at all the guitar bands here." Look at this. Your demographic is Rolling Stones and Beatles fans. I thought, Swamp no.
3: Song got a load of mentions as well from uh, What's the Story, Morning Glory. Oh, yeah. And yeah. by a band called Oasis, for any of you. who yeah.
4: uh, And Shiny beer. Happy People. That's a uh, number from 91 or 92, thereabouts. Uh, yep. Seems like yesterday to me, but... Uh, <laughs> Quarter of a century ago. So, uh, Balotelli, uh, Mario... Yeah, uh, he is top of the league in France. What's he
2: up to now, effort-wise? Ninety percent, hundred percent?
4: Effort-wise, oh, I doubt it. But he is scoring a lot of goals. I think he's. But uh, seven- he had
2: gone from what ten? He said he'd been a ten at Liverpool, and then moved up to sixty or seventy.
4: Yeah, he, he's he's he uh, has got I think seven goals in eight games for Nice, uh, who are top of the league. You know, which is uh, unexpected. You would you would guess over the course of the season they will be reeled in, Paris Saint-Germain... And Monaco about three points behind them, but Balotelli, um, I suppose he does do some interesting interviews. He's kind of weirdly open in a way about his his ruined career. Although he's not, he's not really that. He's not self-critical. He says, "I'm happy here at Nice so very quickly in this fantastic place." Blah 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 blah. Uh, I think of playing for City, winning the Premier League was fantastic and it's unrepeatable. I know that Liverpool is half an hour from Manchester, but I don't know it very well. Nice's support is better than Liverpool's which doesn't mean the fans are better, but that there is more warmth in their support. Liverpool did me a favour by selling me. Um, He also said that Brendan Rodgers was his worst worst coach. He said that uh, Klopp was not my worst. I've got nothing against him. A situation had been created at Liverpool, and maybe he should have had more patience with me. In reality, the biggest disappointment I've had was at Rodgers. I had fun with him in training, but he was disastrous when it came to his relationship with his players. For me, the most capable remains Mancini, the most like literally a man who treated Balotelli as though he was his son. Mm. You know what I mean? Uh, he's fantastic, and I owe him everything. In second place, I would put Lucien Favre, who's his coach at um, Nice, together with Mourinho. Mourinho's great at motivating you. It's just a pity we fell out at a certain point. Um, the interesting thing about this is when Brendan Rogers was asked, Brendan Rodgers was on TalkSport, and he was asked about this. Balotelli says you're his worst ever coach. What do you expect the response to be from a football man He was insulted. He was called out by another football man. And by the way, the other football man is Mario Balotelli. Not exactly, you know, Cristiano Ronaldo in terms of, like, professional credentials.
2: I'd expect football man number one to launch a broadside. Such a nasty man.
4: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you would expect a, uh, you know, a fulminating diatribe of, you know, how dare Balotelli. In fact, uh, Rogers said, I guess he's uh, probably spot on there. I thought, what? This is like some kind of Buddhist judo <laughs> from Brandon Rogers." He's like, Mario, you know, I agree. I think you're right. Um, he said, I just couldn't really connect with Mario. Uh, he was one where he came in very late in the window for us. We lost Luis. It was gamble taken from a club perspective. We thought he's a big talent. We thought, well, he can come in here and develop. He's got all the tools. In all fairness, I just found it very difficult to connect with Mario. On the field, he tried his best. It certainly wasn't something that worked out as everyone would have liked. When you sit with him in the office, he's actually a good fella, a good guy. It's just translating it from there and putting it on the training field. That's something that's been difficult throughout his career. If he could ever just match that intensity with his talent, he would know that would be one of the best players in the world. I mean, how nice is that? Seriously, no, it's it is. It's very magnanimous. Just like, chilled out about it. I I thought I I thought that marked a maybe a milestone in personal development for Brendan Rodgers. Really, the, to resist the temptation to just go, Mario Balotelli, the you know the man is a clown. He came over. He did. He achieved nothing. He left in disgrace. I don't need to listen to anything from that. He actually. Uh,
2: A nice man. I like the fact that it used to be that the training ground form wouldn't translate to the match day situation. Now, a player can be good in the office. Mm -hmm. He can be good around the office. (laughs) He's a good man to have around the office. You can't quite get that even to the training ground, let alone (laughs) (laughs) the match day situation. Yeah,
4: lovely man. Lovely man sitting on the couch in the office. Um, The current inhabitant of that office, uh, Jurgen Klopp, is... uh, Trying to fend off interest in uh, Philippe Philippe Coutinho, who is ripping it up at the moment. To the extent that, you know, when everybody saw Iniesta's knee buckle a few weeks ago in that game, Iniesta kind of hyperextended his knee and was carried off the field crying. People realized he's not going to last forever. What do you do? And uh, in terms of the form that Coutinho's been showing, you could easily see he would fit in there. And also there's the fact that Luis Suarez is, thinks he's one of the best players in the world and keeps going back to Melwood to tap him up. <laughs> 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 Suarez has done that like at least two times now. Ah, great to be back at, at LFC uh, and see some friends. And it's him and Coutinho, you know. You're <laughs> like, get away. <laughs> just just get away from him. Yeah. Uh, My opinion is he fits really well here, says Jurgen Klopp. We all hope and think his future is here at Liverpool. What everybody forgets about Phil is he's still very young. Nobody forgets that about him. He looks like a 12-year-old. At 24, he has a long way to go and a lot of space for improvement. He's now at the age for skills and mixture with experience. Give him more consistency, (laughs) Jurgen Klopp is reported to have said. With his teammates around, he's getting better and better. He says... um, uh, it won't be about money. If there's a club who can pay double what we pay, then I bring the player there. I bring the player there. Who am I to say no? Don't think about your family, kids, grandkids, and all that stuff. But I don't know a lot of clubs around the world who can do this. We have to create an atmosphere in and around the club where nobody wants to leave. At the moment, I'm not worried about anything. Players like being here. Um, he says, I feel this positive atmosphere everywhere. You know, you go around, you say, so, it's so positive. Even the weather's not that bad. Says is Jurgen Klopp. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how long he can keep that going. I mean, we we were talking the other day about the top paid uh, teams in the world. The Cleveland Cavaliers being the this oasis of um, mega wealth in yeah. the desert of Ohio.
2: A great guess by Simon, by the way. I was listening to that. I was the Cavs. Yeah,
4: yeah, yeah. You know, he was on top of that. All right, uh, they pay about twice as much as Liverpool. I think the average wage at Liverpool is three million a year. Average wage for a first team player. It's still pretty good. I mean, they are. I guess, in the t- certainly in the top 10 football clubs in the world. But, um, you know, Barcelona are kind of one and a half times that in terms of your average wage. And I'm sure he'd be in the above average bracket there. Um,
2: on the subject of money?
4: Yes. Oh, uh, yeah, the ticket prices apparently in Premier League have started to come down on average, although not because they're actually cutting ticket prices, as because they've capped the away prices the away ticket price is 30 pounds so that in itself is enough to affect a slight change there was an interesting statistic from Malcolm Clark who's the chairman of the Football Supporters Federation he says on the current TV deal the Premier League could afford to let every single fan in for free for every game and still have as much money as they had under the previous deal which gives you an idea of the scale of the amount of money they've got for now anyway they've got that money for now
2: Perhaps Ken's report on some
4: more. Sorry, I've
2: lost it. The First Minister's name, Kieran Murphy, our second captain, and John Henderson, to Kenny and wickler Herbert. Thank you both indeed for that. Uh, that's our lot for today. Just one headline. The British Prime Minister, Theresa May, is to meet the teacher again to Kenny in London tomorrow. This morning she's at Stormont meeting Martin McGuinness and uh, also Theresa... Sorry, I've lost it. First Minister's name. Arlene Foster,
3: Foster, thank you for that.
2: John bruin I guess the big question is, does Wayne Rooney like a pint?
1: I don't think we can say that he doesn't. Well, he, if he doesn't like a pint, he certainly likes wine, judging by those red lips that we saw in those photos in the sun. Um, I don't think at this point anyone's denying that, that Wayne likes a night out. Uh, the evidence over the... Well, we're getting on for 15 years that we've known Wayne Rooney in the public eye, is that he likes a night out, likes a drink, likes to let his uh, hair, if we can call it that, down. Um, So, yeah, and what happened last Saturday seems to me like uh, one of those moments where he misjudged the moment and uh, decided he was going to let that hair down. And got caught, essentially.
2: Weren't there other people letting their hair down with him, though? Other staff and players who don't seem to be catching any uh, flack over the last 24 hours?
1: Yeah, that's true. I mean, Phil Jagielka is obviously one that was pictured in, one of, in, in the uh, in the Sun expose. Also, if, if you've seen that picture of him on the piano, there seems to be a few other people in what looked to be england issue tracksuits. He seemed to be staff. Um the big issue, though, is you know in the world of tabloids, uh, in the uh, when people are trying to get photos on the iPhones or whatever, Wayne Rooney's the man, isn't he? Uh, and this is somebody who has serious questions against his abilities to perform as a footballer these days. Um, now, the image of him slumped on a sofa at five a.m. with a couple of ladies is not a positive one to paint when you're somebody who's I think I think last week there was a couple of stories about how hard he's been working to fight back to prove himself to Jose Mourinho. Um when you're when you're putting out that type of PR, uh, this is a complete own goal to put yourself in that situation.
4: Yeah. It did lead to one of the most remarkable sentences I've read in the last uh few years. Uh the 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 photo at the piano that you mentioned. Um Boozy Wayne Rooney stunned guests at a swanky wedding when he sat down to tickle the ivories on a piano, but the England captain, 31, hit a bum note as he simply mashed the keys at the posh bash. Um, I mean, the relish in that sentence is, is you know, unmistakable. Uh, it's, I mean, it's as though they were really kind of, this is one of the most delightful stories that, that seems to have crossed the sun's um, uh, radar in quite some time.
1: Well, that's tabloid classicism, isn't it? That is, thats is, you know, that is... I think we'd all enjoy writing that line. <laughs> um, I suppose what you've got to consider here at this point is that these are the front pages of the newspaper and then there are the back pages of the newspaper. Those on the front pages of the newspaper the news people don't have the same relationship with, say, um, Wayne Rooney's agent, Paul Stretford, as maybe some of the journalists have. Um, Wayne Rooney's has a fairly... Careful media management, um, in which you know, certain journalists are courted, um, where and uh, therefore sometimes th- 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 there are those occasions where you might think that Wayne gets a little bit of an easy ride, considering that you know it, uh, you ask many Manchester United fans that they think he's been playing like a drain for about the last four years, and that, that too many excuses are made for him by well, both journalists and your classic football men. Um, This is one of those things where he's caught red-handed or red-lipped. And, you know, that's when the tabloids go to town on people. And the thing is, the the Rooney people, the Rooney PR machine, have not been able to really deny this. They did release two statements statements yesterday. I think the the first one was uh, a little measured, you know, nothing to see here. And then later on, he has to issue what was pretty much a full apology. Um, So, you know, uh, (laughs) he was caught.
2: What's this going to cost him, do you think, John? England, His people talk about captaincy, His place in the England team. Is there going to be any blowback from Manchester United?
1: Well, I think from the England point of view, um, it's actually quite a big test of Gareth Southgate. Gareth Southgate, we think, is going to be offered the job next week. Um, somebody at some point has to break the Wayne Rooney spell. Um, is Southgate the man to do it? It could show his strength of character. Um, I suppose also at the same time, if Wayne Rooney has, I mean, the, the story is that uh, you know they were given uh, the Sun the Saturday, do what you like, lads, come back to the hotel, um, we'll train on Sunday afternoon, and it seems that a lot of the other players headed off into town, uh, and were not caught on camera phones. Obviously, know where to go, not to be caught. Um, it's it, it sort of has has Rooney gone against Southgate and. Um, defied him. It seems by judging by that statement where, where Rooney was apologising to him, that maybe some words have been had and Southgate is not too happy about this. So that brings into question his captaincy also is actually probably not good enough to play for England at the time. The the flip side of it of course is Manchester United. Now haven't been too many whispers out of Manchester United. The only one being that Mourinho is annoyed that Rooney has been able to be put into that position. Which suggests to me that Maybe Jose Marino doesn't trust Wayne Rooney to behave himself. Well, I
4: don't Im- understand that at all, John. I mean, can you explain what's going on there? I mean, how do you mean put in that position? I mean, staying in a hotel at which there was a bar?
1: Well, possibly, possibly. I mean, we, we, we can speculate about that. But yes, um, that does seem to be the problem. That Okay, it might be in two positions. One, that it could be put in a hotel with a bar. Secondly, put into positions where he might be able to fraternise with people, with, with members of the public, and be caught up to no good. It, it could be one of two things, but certainly um, the Mourinho versus <laughs> Rooney plotline is something we've talked about from the, the minute Mourinho was appointed. You know how much rope would he give Marini, uh, to Rooney to hang himself? And on this occasion, you've got to say Rooney's hung himself. By being so stupid. Well, you're, the way you're talking about it, John, it, it, makes,
4: it sounds as though you are quite uh, disapproving of this. You don't take the view that, well, you know, it's, uh, it's a Saturday night, there's no game for a few days, you know, they've, they've won the game against Scotland. You know, what's the problem?
1: Well, Wayne Rooney is the 31-year-old footballer who plays like a 35-year-old footballer. He's the player who has a, a, a great deal to prove to his country after so many years of disappointing them. He's got a great deal to prove to Manchester United fans because they've not seen the best of Wayne Rooney since probably about 2010-2011. Uh, this is somebody who Manchester United fans complain about the fact he's got a 300 grand a week contract until 2019, I believe. Um and then the image of him going out, getting drunk, drinking till 5 a.m., when actually he has to train the next day, is not a positive one to paint. Now the He, thing he is, was injured, though, a...
2: wasn't he? There was certainly talk that he had a bit of an injury and he probably wouldn't be playing anyway.
1: Yes, but he still had to train and they still had to assess the injury and the timeline of when that injury was announced Is seemed to be a bit of a riddle about that. I think the difference is, you see, if, if we all went out together at, until 5 a.m., that's fine. We're not professional athletes. We don't. We don't exist in the age of players like uh, Cristiano Ronaldo. The obvious comparison to Wayne Rooney, a player who has devoted himself to uh, to, to to personal uh, his personal health, his personal fitness. I mean, even someone like uh, Ryan Giggs. Ryan Giggs said that he felt sluggish when he would have uh, butter on his toast. You know, <laughs> I don't think Wayne Rooney saw fallen skimps on butter <laughs> on his toast, do
4: you? Imagine being that sort of finely tuned as a human animal <laughs> that you could sense the difference between butter and no not butter. That's incredible to me. But uh, I I noticed there there is the sun have have maybe put their finger on on another key element of what's wrong with Wayne Rooney. If I can quote an unnamed agent who they consulted for insight onto uh, what might be happening here, he said. Uh, this unnamed agent said, "Wayne's always liked to drink. That's the culture and type of Irish origin family he comes from. So, uh, is that a is that a problem? Do you think the fact that Wayne Rooney is uh, a little bit too Irish and uh, and that's the reason why he uh, he drinks to excess?
1: What? So we're blaming the Irish for it then, are we? Okay."
4: I, I, you, don't any, right, you don't know any. You don't know any English people. You don't know any English people who. Uh, I mean, I, I mean, pure blood English people. I don't mean you know, Celtic mongrels. You know, gin, ginger bearded, uh, potato faced, uh, Irishmen. I'm talking about English pure bloods who drink alcohol.
1: Do you? Well, you, you've, see, you've seen England away. Ken these these fine yeomen, these fine uh, <laughs> descendants <laughs> from Corps. they like a few. They yeah. like a few. Yeah. You know. Well, I mean, you, you, if you're an Englishman, of course you like a pint. But you do it on the bloody right occasion. Yeah. And not when your country needs you either. Yeah, absolutely. Fair enough.
2: I'm just following Tony Barrett's timeline here. He's reporting from Jurgen Klopp's press conference. And Klopp is a man who's come to the defense of Wayne Rooney today. He says, Where are we here now? Klopp on Rooney. He's apologised for having a glass of whatever. I really feel for the players. There's a human being behind the kid. This generation of footballers is the most professional we've ever had. I'm pretty sure what Wayne did was not really serious. That's the life we live under magnifying glass. And in one or two weeks, no one will remember this. Well, I'm sure Wayne Rooney would like that to be the situation, but I don't know if it is interesting, though, that Klopp, is, who has no connection at all to Wayne Rooney, is rowing in so strongly on his behalf.
1: Well, I think, I think we've talked about this before, where you have the culture of... Uh the grand football men come out to defend each other mm. and Jürgen is now within that circle. So yeah, you know, nothing to see here. This, this is what we do in football. You lot keep your nose out, that type of thing. The football men don't like the front, front pages getting involved with them, do they? They're the ones that they, uh, they particularly dislike. Um, Again, I mean, the thing is, Wayne Rooney having a drink. I mean, we don't know how much you drink. I mean, the suggestion is three bottles of wine, which is quite a lot. But how, um, By the way, how does, look, we've all been at weddings. How, how can you
2: I calculate exactly how much, one person, how much wine one person has drunk? <laughs>
1: Absolutely. It's exactly three bottles, which, by the way, exactly. is, is,
2: is quite a lot. I'm sure we'd all agree. Three bottles. We'd three all, bottles, be, is we'd is all a, be trying to play. I think, I think if Ken here drank three bottles of wine, he would try to play the piano
4: yeah,
1: if I yeah mash the keys of the posh bash yeah i i i would that tend to be a little bit better maybe not like les Dawson which i think is probably how uh how wayne played but um i i i don't know i mean couldn't Wayne couldn't Wayne and Jags just retired to their suite for a few
2: or at least take the jersey off take the the training.
1: Well, yeah. be probably the,
2: the sharpest the- thing to do there and i'd i'd agree with you there uh probably wasn't the probably wasn't the best attire to be wearing or the best location to be doing all this heavy boozing in but listen we'll leave it there John Brew great to talk to you as always thanks Emil
1: cheers lads Timbuktu
2: we're all pampered
1: we haven't got in leaders
2: day and all night and everything he sees. They're all just headphones
1: Inside and outside They don't communicate You can't get anything out of them That's why we're no good Timbuktu. They're all just headphones They don't kick on the pitch they don't communicate off the pitch They're all pampered Oh we're getting ready for Russia Good luck And then after that we'll be building a team for Timbuktu Timbuktu England reacted to that equaliser? Perfectly. Um, no panic, calm straight down, continue dominating the game, playing and staying in Iceland's halves. It's been the perfect response. You'd think that no problem.
4: After and... four minutes,
1: your guys took a hell of a beating. Maggie you, you. boys took a hell of a beating. The only thing that they have got is the big boy up front, Sigurdsson, who really, Sig Thorson. Oh, oh my oh, word! My oh, tell us,
2: talk us through that, Steve. I think we know what's happened. Oh, he just us saying. Sig Thorson.
4: <laughs> he can't just cannot. <laughs>
2: Well that contract that Rooney has till twenty nineteen is looking pretty sweet right about now. Mm. A player on the looking to be on the downside, getting himself in the odd scrape. Yeah. Uh now has a well just still has a guarantee
4: of another So when did he sign that? Signed that twenty thirteen, twenty fourteen, January twenty fourteen. Mid mid Moys season.
2: Five years. Five years of that. that's not bad. Didn't was it, was it Alex Ferguson he used to have it. was it Wenger used to have a policy of not giving a, more than a one year contract to somebody who's over 30 I know Rooney wasn't quite over 30 at that stage he was 28 but you know a, a Rooney 28 you could argue is the equivalent of some of the players being a bit older he's been around for so long and yet he got a five year deal that's
4: pretty uh, cool. yeah. It, I mean at the time at the time it looked like it could it could have been a mistake but you know it was the it was kind of things were things were going so badly for Manchester United, that they kind of felt as though they needed to get something like this, As this would be good news, everyone would be delighted, and in fact they unveiled it and everyone thought, you've given him how long? <laughs> you've given him how much? Um, congratulations to, um, to Rooney's agent.
2: You'd imagine Rooney might be tempted to take a leaf out of Leo Messi's book by just blanking the media altogether. The Argentinian captain, as you mentioned earlier, Ken, who was flanked by teammates, delivered this speech to the good people of the press this week, accusing them of a lack of respect and explaining why the squad has taken the decision not to speak with them anymore. Marcella Moray-Araco, what is the problem here between the team and the media?
0: So, well, this came um, just after a, a rather good performance by both Messi and the team, and uh, if you remember, they had, they, you know, they haven't been doing that well and they just came from a, a terrible defeat in Brazil where the media lashed out against them um, quite vigorously. Uh, so last week we were seeing a, a kind of um, heightened uh, sense of, of attack and critique of the players, which went way beyond the performance on the pitch on on a particular match. So uh, this Tuesday they played against Colombia. Messi did really well. It was the Messi that everyone's kind of dreaming of for Argentina. He scored one goal, aided two, and there was a sense of kind of joy and, uh, y- you know, um, triumphalism, if you like. But in the context of Argentina's football world generally, where it, 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 it has never been as bleak, as dark, or as bad as it is at the moment, football in Argentina. I think, um rather than suddenly three nil everyone loves each other, everyone's happy, and it's all going well, the players stunned the press room with this kind of they all came out to the to the press conference, and only Messi spoke and he said we're we're giving our face, we're not as you all know, and you'll know why we've decided not to speak with you anymore now that's kind of cryptic because unless you were there or one of the kind of you know, inner circles, you might not know why. And in fact, it seems that they uh, were very angry, in particular with one tweet that a journalist um, sent out claiming that uh, Ezequiel Lavezzi was on the bench rather than in the team because he'd smoked marijuana. Now, there's many ways we could explore all of this. You know, one is to discuss marijuana and football, The other is to kind of home in on this particular journalist and this particular incident. And I think perhaps the most uh, reasonable thing to do at this stage is to just assess the climate in which Argentina's uh, national team is kind of performing at the moment and expected to deliver in a context where there is absolute chaos and mayhem and enmities. And people are everyone from the smallest clubs to the biggest clubs to the presidency of the nation uh, the sponsors the advertisers the football association the players themselves everybody is with a very heightened sense of anger and conflict and confrontation mm. and i think this incident is uh, in a way it's the drop that you know made everything explode i mean uh, Confuse my
4: metaphors there, but I'm sure you know what I mean. Yeah, Um, I mean, we we can get into the reasons why everybody is so, uh, let's say, tense at the moment, but the tweet in particular is is from a journalist called Gabriel Anello. Um, I'm just reading a translated version here, Marcella, but uh, he seems to have tweeted something along the lines of, Lovetsy is left off the substitutes bench tomorrow because of the joint that was smoked last night in the camp. I'm asking, just asking, which is kind of like out of the Glen Beck Playbook, you know, I'm just asking questions. It's a fairly big allegation to just sort of put put out in a qu- quite vague way like that. You know, I've heard something. Maybe you know, maybe Lavezzi was smoking weed. I mean, it is a banned substance. You know, whatever your views on it, it's not really good behaviour from a sportsman and a serious kind of allegation to put out apparently without any real weight. Well, uh,
0: I mean, if we if we uh, home in on, on on the tweet and the incident, Lavezzi's lawyers are taking anella to court, and quite a He's quite a well-known and quite a controversial figure anyway. He's had all sorts of accusations um, from his ex-wife of beating her to xenophobia, um, uh, uh, anti-Semitism. He's tweeted, in fact, quite anti-Semitic comments in the past. And I think he has done quite well out of it in a way, if, if you like. He's kind of a provocateur and... He's won awards. He's he's very well known. You know, it's not a kind of, as a young reporter that doesn't really know what he's doing, who heard on the grapevine. So he obviously made a very conscious decision. And in fact, in some media outlets, he's uh, posted his phone texts showing that he got an actual text coming in from someone saying, Levesy sneaked out or something. But um, I think... You know, I I think we live in a climate where deliberate provocation is um, actually become quite acceptable suddenly in in many arenas of life, not just Argentinian football. And he's obviously, uh, you know, playing playing that one out quite um, consciously. I don't think it's, you know, he hasn't been caught out. I think he knows exactly what he's doing. So his Lavesi's lawyers are going to take him to court and he's already been on TV this morning saying ah, great I can't wait because I've got loads more to say in court. So it, it, you know the thing is why would one reporter pick a war with one player? Why would um anyone kind of pay heed to this? Of course it's a it's a slightly serious accusation but it's not you know it's not the 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 worst thing you can imagine in the world someone doing. Um and therefore, I mean, I suppose the players are, 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 are rounding in protection of, of levetzi because they don't want to be exposed in that same way on, the, on those level, you know, that, that level of detail of, of private behavior um, shouldn't be fair cop. I guess that's their message. Look, mm. we're, we're standing united against you people, the, the, the evil press. Uh, it, a similar thing happened in 1998, actually, during the World Cup, when there were rumors and some journalists had kind of heeded a rumor that Veron had tested positive in an anti doping before the World Cup. But among, uh, again, you know, the, the climate was absolutely horrendous. There were punch ups and uh, personal insults between players and press. And then one day, Simeone, who was a captain at the time, just they all came out to a press conference and said, We're not speaking. With you anymore until the World Cup is over. This kind of silenzio stampa, apparently, is what the Italians call it because they're very used to it. <laughs> um, t- it lasted for 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 a long time, you know. Actually, well after the World Cup, it was uh, declared a kind of uh, I wouldn't say war, but a very open conflict. There was no, um, you know, no no niceties at all between the press and the players, and I think. I mean, I think in a way, I, I, it's not a bad decision on behalf of, of the players. Actually, uh, it's it's extreme and perhaps it's it's silly because it won't have any kind of real impact or effect on their performance. But it, it might work for for bonding the group. And I think it's quite a good way of saying, look, we, you've you've stepped too far. Of course, it's one journalist that stepped too far in this instance. But actually, in Argentina, there is a lot of. Um, you know, in fact sorry, just to rewind last week after the Brazil result there was one journalist who went absolutely crazy, live on TV, screaming at them this is my job, you're making me lose money if you don't go to the World Cup, I will lose money, and insulting them, and I think it's a kind of, it's just a weird thing that we've descended into where the role of the media has become so enmeshed in the kind of nitty gritty and the you know, the the gossip and the nastiness, and uh, we have an expression in Argentina about journalists which is enveloped, and you just say, who are you enveloped by, which means what, which kind of, whose interests are you representing, because you get extra pay for it, and I think this is part of, in, in all the darkness and the, and the kind of messiness in which Argentine football operates, this is one of the many details that's coming to light, that that the journalists are completely embedded, if you like, in the personal uh, fights and the personal conflicts. And so it, it, it's it's kind of very nasty. It's got very nasty. There's no there's no funny side to it, if you see what I mean.
2: Yeah, no, I do. And I could imagine that Leo Messi doesn't see the funny side of it. He was retired, last we heard, and then unretired comes back in, has over the years had a funny relationship at times with Argentinian fans and media, but certainly, has, as you say, he was playing good football the other night and they they need him badly. And over the years, he has he's generally delivered. But is there a danger that he his popularity will be affected by the fact that he has come in now and has had to be the face of this uh, operation, this sort of mass statement to the media that we're not talking to you guys anymore?
0: I don't think the popularity of the players will be adversely affected by this. I mean, I may be wrong... But I think, you know, this is very much between the press and the players, and I don't think the press is in any way representative of the people at this point. Um, so, you know, I think a lot of the actual uh, uh, fans who probably d- d- don't even know half of this or may have followed a little bit uh, will just be delighted with the result, if I'm honest. You know, I, I, I suspect, I may I may be wrong. I think you're right about Messi being kind of dragged into all this slightly against his will, seemingly. Because when he announced his retirement in June, I got the sense that he'd really had enough. You know that this was somebody who, who just was not enjoying any of this at all, and he just it looked like a, a, a you know, an in, impulsive thing to say on the heat of the moment. I've had enough. I don't want any more. I quit. But actually, I suspect he you know he he's had such a positive experience of football with Barcelona um not not just in terms of as the result and the on the pitch performance but just generally i think he you know it's given him a nice life and he's a he seems a happy man a contented man he's not uh, one of those kind of talented turmoiled, uh, you know damaged genius types nice. he's he, he's just a regular guy who seems to be fairly content with with tranquility. I mean, I've often said, unlike Maradona, Messi seems to thrive on cooperation and harmony. So, um, you know, the, the Maradona needed conflict and uh, adversity to truly shine. Messi doesn't seem to have anger as a, as a motivation that much. So I think, in a sense, in in the height of Argentina's football turmoil in June, just as the uh, football association, the ASA offices were being raided, there were judges involved, FIFA intervened, there was this massive kind of explosion and a void of power. He said, I quit. And he had already been kind of complaining about problems with flights and bookings and things online, you know, in social media, which is very unlike him. So I, I don't see how with hardly any games between June and now, and not much happening, very much could have changed in, in his uh, feelings about all this. I think Bowser was appointed a uh, manager, and the first thing he did before he, uh, he gave any press conferences or met any players or did anything was fly to Barcelona to try and recover Messi. There was so much riding on Messi's presence or absence from the international squad, particularly at the time when practically all the major contracts the Football Association has are being reviewed, you know, from sponsors to television to everything. So Argentina with or without Messi is a completely different product to kind of try and sell and negotiate. So Messi's presence is massive, not just from a footballing perspective. And I think he was obviously lured back in. I have no idea how or or why, but um, then he comes back in they have this terrible experience in Brazil and they have the media, again, completely berserk, saying, you stupid boys, my income depends on you, and screaming at them. And then this incident, which seems to, as I say, be the, the, the one thing that they just couldn't tolerate anymore. I suspect in different circumstances, the single tweet might just lead to a private court case and be done with. But because it's not just that tweet it's become this kind of excuse, if you like, for the players to unite and gather around and go, look, you know, there are limits. We have boundaries.
2: Yeah, absolutely. It seems like a a hell of a mess, to be honest with you. Marcella, great to talk to you, as always. Thanks a million. Thank you very much. Sounds like life with Argentina isn't exactly a bed of roses for Messi. No. He might not be too happy. It was very uh, brilliantly explained by Marcella there that It's not like he's a guy guy who wants conflict necessarily in the way that Maradona maybe would have been able to feed off issues that he had with management or with the people in power or with any perceived slights coming from anywhere. I don't think Messi really wants to be going through that sort of nonsense at this stage of his career.
4: No. But he can
2: hardly say, no, lads, I'm not going to actually read out the statement. Somebody else, you do it, Mascherano.
4: And he's kind of cracking the whip as well to an extent. Um, He's obviously the most important person in Argentine football um, and if he's going to lead them in this way I mean you can imagine what the what the aim of what the players are trying to do is to turn the other journalists against the one who's caused the who's let's say provided the spark you know it's not as though he's the only one I, mean, I, did, <laughs> I thought it was interesting to hear myself talking about the the journalist in question, his style and you know how you can how that seems to be a kind of profitable way to be these days you know it's just being very offensive to be very provocative and it's kind of a a fast track uh, to success but also the guy on tv like uh shouting and crying about you god this is my money i'm I'm amazed that plays well to be honest (laughs) (laughs) i've never uh i've never thought that you know if we were to sit here complaining about an irish defeat or whatever moaning that this is costing us money. Think
2: Paris, think France, Yeah, uh, uh, 2009. I was going to make so much money from this <laughs> World Cup. And, <laughs> we yeah, could have gone over the... there. It could have been, who knows? But we were all going to get paid. Yeah. yeah. Don't know how much sympathy the listener
3: would I don't know if
4: listeners would like that, but maybe I got that wrong. Maybe that's what people want to hear.
3: Who's cost you the most money <laughs> in the last five or six years?
4: Well, you know, Henri, obviously... That rugby but World down, Cup quarterfinal last year, I can tell you. <laughs> I, I do look at that though and wonder, "Where's my goalkeeper?" Yeah, <laughs> you know, I did. I did think, "Where's my Where's my I goalkeeper?" I wouldn't even mention right now, the handball. Yeah. hit it.
3: I've got a call here that says you're the most Boring, predictable Condescending interviewer Around Go back to lecturing You have the charisma Of a sick oh That's just it I just Whoa. mentioned Not you, no me Okay
0: Ain't nobody going my Click 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 Click, click. Ain't nobody than my mom. We don't
3: normally click, Broadcast all click, the, the Stuff that click, comes From scum Around the country
2: click. Kevin McLean, Congratulations You are a scumbag Officially A couple of weeks ago Kevin dreamt That I bumped into Stelian Petrov. Sorry, he dreamt that he dreamt, bumped into Cillian Petrov. Mm -hmm. I I was delighted to see him and approached him to congratulate him on his recovery and subsequent return to football. Only for him to scoff, tut at me and walk away without a word. Needless to say, I was very upset as Stan always comes across as one of the good guys. Later on in the dream, I was in a music store purchasing some socks. That part didn't make sense. I noticed that the second captain's gang were preparing to do their latest podcast in the very music store I was in. I approached Murph and told him of my deeply upsetting run-in with Cillian. He shared my story in the podcast with Ken and Owen joining in on the criticism of Petrov and his rude behaviour. Later, I woke up to the realisation that this meeting with Stylian was a dream. At this point, I was still unsure of whether the music store meeting was real or not. I was deeply concerned that I had wrongly sullied the good name of Stylian Petrov to the world. Thankfully, this was not the case. Stylian's and second captain's reputation lives on untarnished. P.S. I wonder if Christopher Nolan is making Inception 2 because I've got some ideas. Thank you very much, Kevin. Um, <laughs> you can confirm that you were never contacted by Kevin or if we never met this man no every all of this was a dream
3: no 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 but at the same time I would have I withhold the right to be offended if dream me had done something you know I wasn't sure how that was going to finish I mean if 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 it had turned out that dream me had scoffed at his suggestion that Stylian Petrov had had screwed him over in some way yeah. then I would I would not like our scumbag mm-hmm. i i have forgotten his name
2: Kevin. Kevin, yeah. No, don't worry. Dream, you came across just fine.
3: Well, in that case, fair enough,
2: Kevin. Fair enough. Thanks, Kieran.
3: Thanks, Owen. Thanks,
2: Ken. Thank Thanks, Ken you, Thank you, Cameron. Thanks for listening to this show. The latest podcast features Ireland versus New Zealand, part two. We look ahead to that one with Shane. <laughs> what phone is that? That's the second time it's gone off.
0: never go home. They never go home. They never go home, those guys. Those,
3: those